Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If I gave you a message to carry for me, that would be a big deal that you carry my message right. But if God gives you a message, it's even a bigger deal. It's God. The the author of the message is way more important. So um, this is a big deal. So Samuel is legit. I, I love to hear that he has a good testimony. There, there's a, hey, there's a man of God over here. I know about him and he's regarded to the people an honorable man and all that he says surely comes to pass. Let's go ask him. He's gonna help us figure out where these donkeys are at. The Lord has called all of us to share his good news with the broken world. Even beyond that, he gives messages to others that are to be shared. Today, Pastor Bill will speak on the powerful responsibility that comes with delivering a message from the Lord. Sometimes when news gets passed across many channels, the original truth can be lost. God often wants to speak to His people through His people, and that responsibility must be cherished. What might the Lord want to share through you? Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 9 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Chapter 9, they're going to get what they ask for. And um, I think we'll learn some lessons as we look at God's choice for them, how God chose Saul. Uh, Saul, and I'll just say this up front, Saul looked promising in the beginning. But for you guys that know the story, Saul turns out, I'm a spoiler alert, Saul turns out to be quite a chump. And so look at chapter 9, of verse 1 of 1 Samuel. It says, there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bakroch, the son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. So Saul's dad is this man Kish from this family, from, a, from Benjamin, mighty man of power. Verse 2, and he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. So a couple things of verse two, right? Um, This man, Kish, we get introduced to from the tribe of Benjamin, has a son. Now, verse two, when it says he had a choice son, circle that word choice. That means he had a favorite. That means this is of all my say, this is my son right here, the handsome one, the tall one, the athletic one, the well-built one. The, now, the Bible says Saul was the most handsome man in all of Israel. So Saul, I don't know if he was dark because he could have been tall, dark and handsome, you know. Uh, but it's, when you think of what the world is looking for, for a leader, this is it. When Israel's biggest enemy is the Philistines and they have giants, what do you want for? I want a big leader. That was Saul. Nobody taller than him in all of Israel. And he was good looking. Uh, all these, these are things that in the world's estimation, the world looks for these things. You guys agree? Yeah. The world don't really look for ugly leaders. You know, like they, if you want to be a leader, that's, that's the pressure that the world puts on people. So, you know, if you want to succeed, women, poor women, uh, you guys got to, I mean, you know, there's all this, this expectation, all these things that to look a certain way. And it's what the world wants. We should learn something from this because while they may be enthralled with everything that we see outwardly about him. Um, we're going to see some things about him as time goes on inwardly that don't pan out so well. And so we got to be careful as God's kids of looking the way the world looks. And I would just take a moment to my single friends. 
just for a moment, for you guys, all you unmarried, one of the challenges that in being unmarried that I've seen, I've had friends, I've had brothers that were unmarried, and they would meet sisters that were unmarried, and they would be really equally matched spiritually, and I'm like, that's a good match. And um, I've had, no, no, I'm looking for, uh, I, know, I know guys and girls that I'm looking for something else. I'm kind of looking for it's a different size, different shape, different this, different that. And, um, and I'm like, I, I've been blown away. I mean, I know a guy that I've known for 20 years. And 20 years ago, it was like, her, bro, that's, there you go, bang, you know, and nah, nah, I don't, I don't know what he's looking for. You know, he, he might be looking for a mammal of some sort, you know, but, um, you know, we could be looking for something. We could have something in our minds that like, this is what I'm looking for. And I just, I'm not saying you got to go with somebody ugly or somebody that, you know, uh, you can't stand to look at. I'm just saying sometimes we live in this world so much, we get immersed in this ideas and we start to want what it wants. I want what the world has said to me and and not really look. This is what I've learned over the years. You marry that person. Right. So whatever they look like, it's who they are that you're going to be dealing with. How many of you guys know there's some beautiful, ugly people? I've seen them there. I mean, beautiful, ugly, you know, gorgeous, ugly. You could be beauty, ugly. I don't know. I'm going to figure out a word for that. But people that externally are good looking, but inwardly, they're donuts. They're just there's nothing there. A hole in the soul. And so just be careful of looking with your eyes. Later on, when Samuel goes to pick God's choice for king, you guys remember when David's brothers are all rolled out and God has to tell Samuel, because he looks at the, the elder, he looks at the eldest brother, the, the biggest one, and he says, oh, that, surely this is him. And God says, no, man, God doesn't look, God doesn't see the way man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. I would just encourage my single brothers and sisters, as you're waiting and seeking and God is showing do some heart investigation. Investigate hearts, because as time goes by, that's what you're going to have. That heart, that person. What's on the inside? Does God have their heart? Um, probably the most important thing. So I digress. That's just that's for free for my single friends. I love y'all. So um, so Sam Saul comes out head and shoulders taller than everyone in Israel. Good looking, handsome. I just would say this, too, to any parents. It's always a flaw to have a favorite child or to pick one kid over the other. And the fact that it says that he had a choice and handsome son, it doesn't appear that he was just like this. This is dad's choice. Um, and so I would just challenge parents that we would we wouldn't have that. You know, something that the Bible says about God is as I look down on the earth and I look at all the different types of people, the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. And that's comforting. Right. God's like, I don't have favorites, Bill. You, I mean, I, I, you have as much access to me as him, as her, as them. And you guys have as much access to God as this person and that person. God says, I don't have favorites. I love all you guys. No respecter of persons. There, there isn't something about us that God's like, oh, but I kind of like that flavor better. I like this thing better. God's like, I love all my kids. Uh, and I'm glad about that. Right? I'm glad that God's not like, Bill, I love you, but not, like, not as much as I love them over there. You know. And so we want to be careful about that. Look at verse three now. It says, now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, please take one of the servants with you and arise and go look for the donkeys. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim and through the land of Shalisha, but they did not find them. Then they passed through the land of Shashlim and they were not there. Then he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find them. And so... The scenario that is God is going to use for 
of Saul to be found as the king is his dad's donkeys get lost and he's got to go on a mission looking for the donkeys of his dad. And um, that's how he's going to come into contact with Samuel. I think there's something interesting in that, right? Because something we see about Saul here, there's a humility about him. We'll see early on. Dad says, go, he goes. Grab one of my servants, go find my donkeys. You know, he's willing to do whatever. We're going to see when Samuel confronts him that Saul doesn't see himself as a big deal yet. The starting point seems to be pretty good. Like, man, this is a, it's a humble guy. He's an obedient guy. He's willing to do whatever he's told to do. He's on a mission to go find dad's lost donkeys. It all starts off good and well, um, but things go bad. And we'll talk more about how that happens over time. How does someone that seems to start so well end so poorly? And so verse five, it says, and when they had come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant who was with them, come, let us return. Least my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. And he said to him, look, now there is in this city a man of God and he is an honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass. So let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. And so here this is speaking about Samuel. And I want you to look at Samuel's reputation among the people. It says there's in this city, there's a man of God. Samuel's regarded as a man of God. And it says he's an honorable man. Um, this is his reputation. He's, he's an older guy now. He's been going a long time, but he's an honorable man of God. And it says, and all that he says surely comes to pass. That means that Samuel was also a faithful prophet. He was regarded as such. He had a good testimony and track record as an honorable man of God and a faithful prophet. Anybody here that has those sort of gifts, maybe you have a prophetic gift. Maybe someone watching has a prophetic gift and God speaks to you that way. You serve the Lord with it, glorify Christ with it, minister to the body with it, but keep it holy. Let God govern the giftings. It's quite, it's a big deal to speak on God's behalf. Would you guys agree? If I gave you a message to carry for me, that would be a big deal that you carry my message right. But if God gives you a message, it's an even a bigger deal. It's God. The, the author of the message is way more important. And so um, this is a big deal. So Samuel is legit. I, I love to hear that he has a good testimony there. There's a, hey, there's a man of God over here. I know about him and he's regarded to the people, an honorable man. And all that he says surely comes to pass. Let's go ask him. He's going to help us figure out where these donkeys are at. Now, I think that's interesting. They're going to the man of God. To find the donkeys like <laughs> he knows everything. We go to the man of God. And I, I, I think that's great. So let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. Verse seven. Then Saul said to his servants, but look, if we go, what shall we bring the man for the bread in our vessels is all gone and there is no present to bring to the man of God. What do we have now? Saul wanted, he didn't want to just go asking for something, you know, um, it, out of respect in this culture. He wanted to bring, some, it wasn't that Samuel was charging for prophecy. I want to be clear because you got some guys that are take this story and say, you got to bring something to the man of God. You feel me? You know, you got to bring on some, bring it to me, you know. And so this isn't setting precedence that you got to bring a gift to the man of God. This is just the attitude. Saul comes from a family that has taught him, hey, you, you bring something with you when you go, you know, don't go empty handed. And so um, kind of like this, if you go to someone's house for dinner or something like that, how many guys are like, 
call and say, hey, can we bring something? Can you or you bring a, a dessert or you don't have to. They didn't ask. They probably have a whole meal. But it's one of those things. that it's like it's just a courtesy to something you do. I believe this is that sort of thing. And so they're like, hey, what, what do we what, what can we give them? Verse eight, it says, and the servant answered Saul and said, look, I have here at hand one fourth of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God to tell us our way. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he spoke thus. Come, let us go to the seer. For he who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer. So they're just letting us know the terms in Israel. The a seer and a prophet are the same person. Um, and we think about a seer. This is someone that can, they, God has given them insight. God has given them information, insight that it came from God, God who sees everything. What an amazing gift that God gives it. As I look in the Old Testament, you think that there were some men, there were people that were prophets, that God would reveal to them things that nobody else knew. And then they got to reveal this to the people on God's behalf. What an important position to be God's spokesman, his representation in that way. It seemed like if you go to Genesis, God is always speaking directly to people. And one of the things we're saying is because they didn't have a Bible, you know, and, and they didn't have the Bible. They, all they had was God. God got to speak to them. They didn't have they didn't have the book of Genesis. that was being written. They didn't have anything. They just had God directly speaking to them. Now, we're in a different space, right? We got all these extra ways that God speaks to us by his word, through his spirit. The spirit indwells us, you know. But as you look back to Genesis, they didn't have the spirit indwelling them. They didn't have the word of God, um, none of these things. And so a lot of times God would have to come down or send the angel of the Lord to directly go and say, this is what I'm about to do. Abraham, your woman's going to have a baby or whatever. He would go down and interact with them in that way. And so here at this point, God is using prophets. And again, what an amazing office, what an amazing gift and position to have that God would reveal things to you that you could then speak to his people on his behalf. And so this is what Samuel was to the people. Verse 10 Then Saul said to his servant, well said, come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. As they went up the hill into the city, they met some young women going out to draw water and said to them, is the seer here? So they find some women on the road going to get water and they ask them, is the seer here, is the prophet here? Verse 12, they answered and said, yes, there he is just ahead of you. Hurry now, for today he came to this city because there is a sacrifice of the people today on the high place. And so I want you to check this out. Saul was on a mission to find dad's donkeys. It just so happens on this day while they're looking for the donkeys. They're like, let's find that man of God. Maybe he can help us that Samuel was in the city on that day to offer a sacrifice for the people on the high place. I'm going to just say that it's not sometimes these things that just kind of line up like that. It's not accidental. God is all God isn't God is sovereign over everything. God's working out all the details. Um, and we'll see that it's not it's not accidental that God is actually working these things out. So moving on, it says in verse 13, as soon as you come into the city, you will surely find him before he goes up to the high place to eat for the people will not eat until he comes because he must bless the sacrifice Afterward, those who were invited will eat. And so they had order. So they had to wait for him to get there. He would bless the meal. Then they would all eat. Now, therefore, go up for it about this time. For about this time, you will find you will find him. Verse 14. So they went to the city. And as they were coming into the city, there was Samuel coming out toward them on his way up to the high place. So 
Samuel's there to do what God had called him to do there. In essence, Saul is doing what he's supposed to. He's obeying his dad to go find the donkeys. I want to just point this out. Oftentimes, you know, we're wondering, God, what's your will for my life? And we're looking for God to, you know, we're looking for God. God, you're going to show up at a conference. You're going to show up at some, some event, something. And sometimes as you're just doing what you're supposed to be doing, where you're supposed to be doing it at, God can meet you in a very supernatural, natural way. Sometimes we are looking for God. We're like, I, I know it'll happen like this. I know it'll be in this setting or like that. And God's like, just if you just walk in obedience, you will end up right where you're supposed to be. Saul is not doing anything super spiritual. Going to find dad's donkeys today. It'd be like if your, your mom's dog got out and she said, go, go get my dog. And you're, you're on a mission to go find the dog as it got out. That's essentially what Saul is doing. And Samuel's on his way to offer a sacrifice. That's what that was his call in life. And God brings these guys together. Just like that. I have had in my life certain there's been some some moments in my life where God met me. And it was a very it wasn't anything real spiritual or special going on. I think of this, you know, I met my wife pretty early um, and I think God did it because I needed to have a wife real quick. But um, I was I had been saved two months when I met my wife. And if someone said, hey, man, how'd you find your wife? What, you know, what were you doing? Were you praying? Were you fasting? I was two months saved. I had recently broke up with someone that I used to live with. I had a pretty radical conversion. I got saved. I was no longer selling weed. I was I was I had stopped drinking and I had a hustle that I had been a part of for many years at, at the airport. I didn't really understand till after I was walking with the Lord for a while that that was also illegal. But I was at the airport doing that, which I didn't think was illegal, by the way. I, I thought I was this was the this was the, the most um, honest money I thought I was making. But later I would find out that it wasn't so honest. Anyway, I digress. I'm there doing that, and lo and behold, I, there's a girl walk by at Terminal 1 at the McDonald's staring at me, and that's my wife. Um, met her at the airport. We, we have different versions about how it all went down, but uh, I, I look back on that often, and I think, man, I wasn't, you know, that was God's mercy, right? God just, God just met me there. I wasn't doing anything spiritual, wasn't looking for anything. Boom, just right there. I, I look for Saul here. I think he's just on the way. And he's going to he's going to meet Samuel, this man of God, who's heard from God about him already. And so uh, let's continue on. Look at look at um, verse 15. It says, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came, saying, let me stop right there. I, I wrote this in my notes. Didn't that sound like just a sweet intimacy? Right. It says that God had spoke to Samuel in his ear the day before about Saul coming. God knew Saul was going to be there. God knew the donkeys were going to get loose. Dad was going to send them. Saul was going to. God knew all this was going to happen. It says the day before in in Samuel's ear, God had told him this. And this is what he said in verse 16. God told Samuel today about this time, I will send you a man of a man from the land of Benjamin and you shall anoint him commander over my people, Israel that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. Notice this, for I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. A couple things here. Um, One, obviously, I I think the intimacy that Samuel has with the Lord is amazing. And it's something to be desired. That God would speak. And that just sounds like, man, just God just speaking into your ear, revealing things that are coming. I think that's amazing. And uh, I love I love that. Uh, but also, 
I think this is amazing about God, right? It says that Saul was going to deliver his people from the hand of the Philistines. He says, for I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. Now, Israel was in disobedience. Israel was rejecting God. Remember, they just told God, we don't want you to be our leader. We want a man to lead us. And listen, that God is still hearing them cry out. You guys have to just understand God is so much better than people. If somebody broke up with you, rejected you, and then called upon you, how many of us would be like, I got you? You know, most of us would be like, no, you, you caught the vapors. You know, like, I'm, I'm not helping you, but God is just not like that. God is, they've been disrespectful, disobedient, non-compliant. But as they cry out, God's like, man, these are still my people and I love them. That comforts me and ministers to my heart that God is just not like people. The way that God loves is not the way people love. God loves you, period. You know that? His love for you is period. God doesn't love you if you do well or when you perform right. God just loves you, period. There's a period after he loves you. You can't earn it. You can't diminish it. You can't mess it up. All you can do is respond to it. You can receive it. You can reject it. But he loves you, period. And so uh, here, you know, they cry out and God is listening to these rebellious people cry out. And um, and he's going to he's hearing their cry and he's going to minister to their need. He's going to give them what they want and try to meet them where they're at. And again, I look at where they're at and I just think God should spank them and tell them no. And God's like, no, they want a king. They can have a king. It's all right. No biggie. And he's going to give them what they want. They're going to be sorry that they got a king. Uh, it'll never be as good as it's been before. They're, they're, it'll never be the same for Israel after this point because they've had a theocracy, a God ruled nation. And now from this point on, they're going to be men that rule them. And the best of men we're going to find to be flawed and imperfect. If you ever go through the book of Kings, um, there's so few good kings and the good kings are bad. Right. The best king, we would say probably David. Right. Even he did some bad stuff. He was a naughty guy. He just he he broke some rules. The best of what they get in Kings is going to pale in comparison to what they had when the Lord was leading them. Look at verse 17 and 18 now. Now, when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, there he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, please tell me, where is this seer's house? And so as soon as Samuel saw Saul, God said, there he is. That's the one I was telling you about. Again, I'm hearing this sweet intimacy between Samuel and the Lord. God was talking to him in his ear. Now he looks and sees Saul and God's in his ear again. That's him. That's the guy I'm telling you about. And so um, Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and he asked him, where is the seer's house? Verse 19, Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place for you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go. And will tell you all that is in your heart. Listen to that. He says, um, now this is an honor. This is an honoring thing, right? You found the man of God, the seer. He said, look, go up ahead of me. Today you're going to eat with me. That's a big deal. It's an honor that Saul is getting. He doesn't know why he's being honored in this way. And then he tells him this. And I like that. He says, go up and eat. I'll let you go tomorrow. He said, and I will tell you all that is in your heart. That Samuel's going to let Saul know. Samuel's going to reveal to him what's in his heart. I want to say this about a real prophetic word real quick. Um, when I've had a genuine, legitimate prophetic word, a lot of times it's it's speaking to something that God's already doing. Uh, I rarely have received a prophetic word that was foreign 
completely foreign. I, I could think of one that was foreign, but it was legit. But usually when I'm receiving some kind of prophetic word, it's, it's as soon as I hear it, the, the way I'm able to like line up that this is from God, I'm like, wow, how could you have known that? You, this, I can receive what you said because you couldn't have known. This is something that was in my heart. You've been listening to A Transforming Word. As Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of 1 Samuel, this book covers some interesting history in the Jewish nation of Israel. The book starts with a prophet declaring the first king of Israel, and the book ends with the death of this same king. Why did Israel desire to have a king so badly? Was it a case of everyone else has one, so we should too? It seemed to have been a situation where the people wanted a person to rule and reign over them, rather than just trusting God to do the kingly duties. As we all know, humans have a tendency to fail and falter, and the first king of Israel was no stranger to this. King Saul started off well, but he didn't end well. Power, prestige, disobedience, and insecurity were all part of his downfall. May these messages in the book of 1 Samuel be a good reminder and a lesson that no matter what man attempts to do, without God, things will surely crumble. If you'd like to hear this message again, or listen to more messages from 1 Samuel, go to calvaryinglewood.org. If you have some questions that you'd like answered, or need someone to talk to, we're happy to speak with you and try to answer those questions. Just call or text 310-245-4811. Once more, that number is 310-245-4811. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Thank you for spending time with us today in the book of 1 Samuel, here on A Transforming Word.